When you need help or advice, you turn to your parents or a trusted friend for help. So why go outside of Virginia, your home, when you need car insurance? Able Insurance gives you individual attention and won't turn your way no matter what your driving record looks like. Giving same-day personal service in the state of Virginia for over 30 years. Able Insurance, 979-0814 is the number. Ableinsurance.com is the site. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. layers and ball shorts. Coaching from the side of the ball court. If you know, you know. One stop like a Walmart. We got the tennis balls for the wrong sport. If you know, you know. If you know about the carport, the trap door supposed to be awkward. If you know, you know. That's the reason we ball for. Circle round twice for the encore. If you know, you know. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, do? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show podcast. I'm your host, Amon Hawkins. I appreciate you rocking with your boy on this Monday as we recap Virginia versus Notre Dame that took place Saturday. The Wahoos lost their first game of the season by a score of 35 to 20. Before we jump into anything related to the game, let's shout out to the sponsors, the people who make this podcast go. Aber Insurance. Abra Insurance, servicing the state of Virginia for over 20 years. Home, business, auto, life insurance. Holla at Billy and Charlene White. Servicing the state of Virginia in the Charlottesville area, Richmond area, and out in some couple states outside. But holla at Billy and Charlene White, the good peoples of Abra Insurance, and tell them the ball hawk sent you. Also, my man, Connor Murray. Connor Murray Realty. Hit them up on Instagram, Connor Murray Realty. If you have Facebook, it's Connor Murray Realtor. If you're looking for a home, looking to invest in a property, looking to get a getaway property, you're looking to upgrade your property, any type of property you need, holla at Connor Murray, my guy. Instagram, Connor Murray Real Estate. Facebook, Connor Murray Realtor. Tell them the ball hawk sent you. Also, CrowCookies.com. Go to CrowCookies.com. Losing never tastes so good. Anytime you want to talk some trash can juice and you want to serve somebody that crow, serve them. A crow cookie at crowcookies.com. So jump right into it, man. We gonna discuss, cause it's a must, this Notre Dame game and what went down. If you're new to the show, make sure you subscribe on all podcast platforms where you listen to Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, whatever. It might not be on Spotify that long because anytime I play ads from Anchor, it seems like Spotify kicks it out. So if you can't find it on Spotify, make sure you go to anchor.fm or Apple Podcasts and YouTube, the Ball Hawk Show YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube. So your first time, what we do is we give you the team stats, individual stats. I give you some analysis. I got a special guest that's joining me for the analysis segment. So don't go anywhere. A special guest, and he played quarterback here at UVA with Coach and I, so I just gave it away. So we look at first downs, UVA 19 first downs, Notre Dame 19 first downs. The rushing stats jump 
all the way out, 157 rushing yards for Notre Dame, while UVA was limited to just four. This is versus a team that was giving up 200 yards rushing a game. Now, granted, their rushing total has gotten better as far as defensively. You had Louisville that ran for 240. New Mexico that ran for like 220, 215. Georgia ran for 150. Now UVA only ran for four, and a lot of that was due to all the sacks. Uh, but now we got 29 attempts for total rushing yards. Um, passing yards, UVA had 334 passing yards to Notre Dame's 165. Total offense, UVA had more total yards, believe it or not, with just the four rushing yards. 338 total yards on 72 plays ran. While Notre Dame had 322 yards on 62 plays ran. We look at third down conversions, UVA was 4 of 14. Notre Dame was 6 of 15. UVA won the time of possession, 33 minutes, 32 seconds. Notre Dame, 26 minutes, 28 seconds. They've lost the time of possession all year long. UVA had four sacks. Notre Dame had eight. And Notre Dame came into the game with just four total sacks in three games. They had eight versus us. Yeah. So uh, let's look at penalties because penalties was an issue early. How many total penalties? So we had six total penalties for 52 yards. They had nine penalties for 50 yards because we had the interferences and just crazy stuff, man, that I felt like it was a little bit of home cooking, but I'm not going to have sour grapes. But we go to individual stats. Bryce Perkins, as we talked, uh, yeah, I start off with passing. Bryce Perkins was 30 of 43, 334 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions in the second half. He was sacked eight times. Ian Book, 17 of 25, 165, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He was sacked four times. He had a long of 37. Bryce Perkins had a long of 43. We look at Russian, Wayne, Twala Papa, the Samoan Slash had 10 carries for 31 yards, averaging 3.1 yards a pop. Joe Reed had one carry for three yards. P.K. Kier had two carries for no yards. Bryce Perkins had, on paper, 16 carries for negative 29 because he gained 30 but lost 59 because of the sacks. So the eight times he was sacked, that counted as eight additional carries. So anytime he scrambled... Basically, he really had eight carries, okay? He really had eight carries for 30 yards. But he got sacked eight times for negative 59 yards. So he had negative 29 yards. And that counts toward the rushing total. So for folks saying Bryce Perkins ran the ball too much, the sacks count as rushes. So that's eight additional. So he really only ran the ball eight times for 30 yards. Uh, you look at Notre Dame's rushing. Tony Jones Jr., the first Person to rush for over 100 yards versus UVA. And we just played against Cam Akers, one of the best in the country. 18 rushes, 131 yards, three touchdowns, average seven yards a carry. That's all I'm going to read is just his. That's all you need to see. Receiving, Hasis Dubois had a career day, nine catches, 143 yards, one touchdown. Joe Reed, nine catches, 107 yards, one touchdown. Anytime we went one-on-one on the outside, it was barbecue chicken. Anytime we spread them out, it was barbecue chicken. I think Hasid's long post was with two backs in the backfield, but it was still barbecue chicken. Anytime they went man-to-man, it was barbecue chicken. We should have just kept them spread it out. Cole Komet led them with four catches, 65 yards. I'm, I'm sorry, Chase P- Claypool had six catches, but he only had 30 yards. Cole Komet led in yards with 65 
Um, Tanner Cowley had three catches, 34 yards, all in the first half, a 21-yard long. Our tight end, tight end play shot at my man Brad, who wanted some tight end participation, and he got it, and I wish we would have kept the participation going. So, Brad, you get the offensive OC hat for this game because you said, let's throw to the tight ends, ball hawk, and I, damn it, it looked good in the first half. Terrell Janner, four catches, 23 yards. Terrell Chapman, two catches, 17 yards. Billy Kemp. Three catches, 10 yards, and he earned every bit of them damn 10 yards because he was getting hit in the face because they got my man running all these shield routes, and everybody know he coming inside, and everybody kept fapping him in the mouth, and he kept getting up because he went number 80. What's up, Billy? I need my man Tavares Kelly. I need some catches for him too. Come on. We got to get my man TK in the building. Uh, defensively, Joey Blunt had 10 tackles, one tackle for a loss to lead the way one pass breakup. He had a fumble recovery? Okay. Uh, Nick. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're on the punt. Nick Grant had eight tackles. Zane Zandier had eight tackles, one tackle for a loss, one sack. Devontae Cross had five tackles. Noah Taylor, four tackles, one tackle for a loss, one sack. Bryce Hall, four uh, tackles. Jordan Mack continues his sack streak. He had another one. He also had three tackles, one tackle for a loss. Snowden, three tackles. Eli Handback had a sack, tackle for a loss, and three tackles. Matt Gam, two tackles. And Famui had one tackle. Juwan Briggs had a tackle. So that's all I got for y'all as far as the stats. So defensively, I felt like the defense played well, playing against a dynamic um, guy in Ian Book, Komet, Claypool. Look, man, the rushing was just base gap responsibilities. And in this defense, if one guy messes up on their gap responsibilities, it could pretty much break the back of the defense. You have to be very sound, and everybody has to be in tune and on the same accord at all times in this defense. And in the second half, once number six kept coming downhill, we started waiting. Guys were getting held also, and the flag wasn't thrown. But they started getting – I mean, it was like the NC State, the NC State game – all over again. If you remember the NC State game last year, they started running the ball to our right side and they started gashing us and it seems like it was deja vu in that aspect and maybe our defense was just a little tired by then, frustrated. I don't know. But they got some big runs in late. But before then, our defense is still sound. They still get out to the quarterback. When you have two weapons like Claypool and Komet and you still hold them to less than 175 yards passing, that still speaks volume to the defense. Still got to continue to be sound in our tackling, stop diving at the ankle so much. It's easier said than done from a guy that's holding the mic right now because I understand the backs are big. I do. And it's easy for me to say, yeah, go up there and, you know, meet him in the hole, and I don't got to feel that thunder. But, hey, you can do it. Um, but, yeah, like defensively, man, I still say we're very sound. I still love our defense. I still love the way we get out the guys. Like I said, schematically – how we play the game, how we play this defense. Everybody has to understand their responsibilities, get to their gaps. And the times where we don't, that's when you see big gains. When everybody's in their gap, it's, it's, it's organized chaos. But I'm going to let everybody just listen to a guy who played within this offense because we're going to flip to the offensive side of the ball, understand we gave up eight sacks. Um, before I have my guests come on, of the eight sacks, I want to let you guys know this. It wasn't blitzing. It was a four-man rush, and I charted the sacks. You know, the first sack was basically a two-man route with Joe Reed on the out and up and Chapman on a goal route. The defense bracketed both of those guys, and 42 pushed one of our tackles out the way and just stripped Bryce. The next sack, 
that I have charted. It was actually a five-man rush, but we had a tight end and the back. Our tight end didn't do a good job of punching before he released, and it was like a free it was a, a free rush on Bryce. Um, so that was the only five-man rush in which caused a sack. All the other rushes were four-man rushes with at least six guys blocking. Okay? So that means, matter of fact, it was seven every time. We had seven guys blocking every time they got a sack with four guys. But we could clean that up with just fundamentals and, and you know, sitting down and not absorbing the defensive ends and catching them but really punching with our hands. It's just hand placement and feet. That's the one thing that was hurting us in this. But let me go ahead and bring my special guest in. Matter of fact, Petty Hawk, you want to go ahead and bring this special guest in, man, because I know you ain't talked in a minute. I know you ready to talk because you love this guy. So I'm going to let Petty Hawk bring this gentleman in. Yeah, let me introduce my guy, Ball Hawk. You always hating on my popularity. The people want to hear Petty Hawk. Ball Hawk too cordial. Petty Hawk is hectic. So let me introduce our special guest, my guy, Easy Money. He is now a dirty bird. <laughs> He's a dirty bird. Like Petty Hawk. I'm a dirty bird too. We played for the dirty birds, then we ball hawk, but then they well, they cut you. They didn't cut me. I was still there with Vic living a life. While you was, you know, driving back. And then I flew back, but you was driving. But anyway, without further ado, we got Easy Money himself, Kurt Benkert, joining the Ballhawk as they discuss what's going on with the offense at Notre Dame. Take it away, Ballhawk, because that's the only sign you're going to let me get now. Got the special guest that I said I was going to have in. Uh, it's my guy, Easy Money. Who better else than to break down what we can do better offensively and what and recap what we saw versus Notre Dame than the one and only Mr. Kurt Benkert himself, a current Aletta Falcon. Uh what's going on with you, uh Easy Money? <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Not a whole lot. All right, man. So I'm breaking down in the Notre Dame game, man, and you know, I'm a former receiver defensive back and I always like to talk about what Coach and I could do better in a different sets and formations and things like that. But just seeing your tweets the past couple of weeks and it's basically been echoing what I've been saying, but it's better to come from somebody who actually played within the offense. So uh, first of all, what was your thoughts of the Notre Dame, Notre Dame game and what we, what you saw offensively? Yeah, I think um, obviously we took care of the ball well in the first half and we were able to move the ball and, and get a decent lead on a road game by three points at half. But when they came out and adjusted at halftime, um, they dropped a lot more. They brought four-man pressure just using their D-line, and we just kind of didn't adjust to what they were doing. Um, so I just think that there's there's a few things here and there that it doesn't have to be any drastic changes, but I think there's some things that could really help move the ball consistently and, and allow Bryce to kind of use his talents and not just kind of be back there waiting to get hit. Yeah, no, nah, I agree with that. I just saw in the first half, um, we could just briefly touch on the first half, is that I saw – a lot of three and four receiver sets, emptying the backfield form, utilizing the tight end. We ran one mesh route once we had the receiver on the crossing route and then also the tight end. But it was a lot of quick hitters. We didn't really take a lot of shots, but once we finally took one, um, it was late in the second quarter on the post route yeah. uh, to a cease. But, um, you know, I felt like Coach and I some, – and coaches do this. They feel like the defense may start to adjust and then we want to – adjust before they adjust. Yes. But I just felt like it was no need for us to really go a lot of two back sets or, or six man, you know, yeah. six protection fronts 
seven protection fronts because I just felt like uh, it calls everything up for Bryce. And then it's basically a three-man yeah. route. It's a three-receiver yeah. route, and they bracket everybody. But what was your thoughts on that? So that was that was kind of the problem when I was there, too. Um, he's very old school, and that can be good and bad. And I think that when something – if if you're doing well and then something stops it for one play, then he kind of scratches it and moves on to the next thing. But it could just be as simple as a guy misstepped or a guy just kind of had a just, – just a mental error. And that stuff's going to happen throughout the course of a game. And I think to kind of jump ship on your game plan a little bit too quick is – it's kind of a problem that has happened in recent years. Um, I think that when things are rolling, like this offense can be really, really good, as you've seen in a number of games. Um, but I think as soon as things start going awry, then we're a little too quick to jump onto the next thing instead of just trying to get back to what Bryce does best in this instance, and that's get the ball out quick, have space when the routes aren't there to create. He's an athletic guy, and he can run. And I think um, just in general, like when you bring in a tight end and a running back, and you have those guys blocking with no checkdowns, it makes it really tough on the quarterback because you know that when the play is starting, these are my three chances, and if it's not there, i gotta, I got to scramble. There's nothing else for me to do or throw the ball away. Um, and when you do that, I don't know if a lot of people that are listening notice that a lot of the times three routes were on the same side of the field. Mm. You're essentially cutting the field into, in college. It's like you're taking a third of the field away with how, how wide the hashes are. So – to have a guy like Bryce who's athletic, who is really good in space, to take a third of the field away from him and then have seven of our guys plus five, six, seven of their guys all around him, it makes it a hard game for him to play to his skill set. I think that's an excellent point, man. I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about having both backs in. We don't they don't release they don't release late, they don't do any type of angle mm-hmm. routes, type of like put they don't take the eyes off of Bryce for the linebackers that spine him. They don't yeah. have to look at anything. And um, yeah. when I looked at the film and just took up, took you know, I charted each play that he got sacked and the the rush. It was more a four-man rush. It was one five-man yeah. rush in which our tight end was releasing on a delay, and instead of really yeah. put, punching him, he kind of just pushed him. Yeah. And, uh, but other than that, it was just three-man routes, yeah. four guys rushing, and our tackles just, you know, getting beat. Yeah. And – um. And that's and that's to be expected against a really good team. And I think that's another adjustment that we can make in the future is, look, our tackles are going to get beat. They have good DNs. Some of those guys are going to be playing on Sundays, and they're going to be making those same plays on Sundays against NFL linemen. So if you know that going into the game, like, have plays that get the ball out quick instead of just bringing more people in to protect. Mm. That's That was my entire kind of synopsis on what we could have done better because – as an offensive coordinator, especially an O-line guy like Anai, who he played O-line, he coached O-line, and now he's moved his way to be an OC in the past however many years. But their first thing is, okay, we got to bring more people in to protect. But as a quarterback, like the anxiety that comes with shit, or <laughs> I don't know if I can say that. Like, no, you can. You I, mean, I don't have check downs this play. Like, what's, what's... This episode is brought to you by Carvana. They'll drive you happy. Carvana has purchased over a million cars from happy customers by giving them an offer within minutes. And they can do the same for you. Carvana will give you a real offer for your car within minutes. Then they'll come to pick up your car and pay you on the spot. So to get a real offer on your vehicle in minutes, download the app or visit Carvana.com. What's going on? So a lot of that, like, you see all these quarterbacks in the NFL moving the ball up and down the field, and how many times does that ball go to the running back right over the ball? Hmm. And that's just not something that is a part of that offense that I think could be an easy change and that 
it has been brought up in the past when I was there. I don't know if they've revisited it, but it just kind of got nixed. So I would, if I'm somebody like Bryce or, or another guy on the team, I'm pushing for something like that as an outlet to, okay, if we're going to bring in all these people, at least give me a chance to get the ball out of my hands late. Mm. If, and that's that's kind of why Bryce is stuck holding on to the ball, and he get, he had three sack fumbles, and it was a changing point of the game. You If you take those plays out, that game is very winnable with a few field goals here and there. You're taking possessions away from them that they scored on. That's like a 42-point swing in the game. So, like, both ways. I just – there's a lot of different ways that you can do it, but I think that's the easiest quick fix as opposed to, like, abandoning what he likes to do offensively. Yeah, and the strip sack that they had for a touchdown, we actually slid the protection and we left uh, Wayne, uh, the Samoan yep. slasher, on the yep. defensive end. I mean, that's tough. That's a that's a common thing in in that protection scheme when they do the six man and five man or six man and seven man pro stuff. But like ideologically, you would only put a D end or a running back on a D end if you're going to cut him and throw yeah. a quick game. Yep. So if you're not going to cut him and you're not going to throw a quick game and you're not going to give him help, that's just that's just asking for it because you have offensive tackles that have a problem blocking the D end. Exactly. So if you're leaving a running back on that. I mean, it's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I mean, and Wayne's not the first running back to give up a a, a sack, you know, no. with that protection. Because last year, Jordan versus Ohio on the backside, yep. and and Bryce, you know, was a it was a strip sack. So yep. it's just tough, man. I always say, if I'm a defensive coordinator and I know that I'm gonna get massive with a running back with one of my rush ends, he better yep. win. You know what I'm saying? So, yep. uh, you know, with you playing in this offense, man, can you just reflect back on some of the formations that? you were most comfortable in was it when you were because because yeah. look a lot of people don't know me and used to talk all the time i feel like that you were a, a dual threat in your own right where you could run but i knew that you wanted to get the ball out of your hands yeah. just because of the you know the injury history with your knee and things like that but yeah. you know speak to you know when you had open sets versus the yeah. two back sets so i think for me like one of my my strength is not like bryce like i'm not going to make many people miss i'm not going to outrun everybody but i can i'm good at finding spaces to get north and south mm-hmm. and if you so that was one of the handicaps when i played in the offense was we had so many seven man pro that i couldn't find the lanes because you're full sliding when you mm-hmm. full slide the o line everybody has a gap so there's no man to man blocks everyone has a gap so if you're a quarterback trying to get out those gaps are covered by your guys. It's not necessarily even covered by the defense. Hmm. So in the NFL, like a lot of the times, you're only going to run full slide offense or full slide if it's zero pressure or if it's quick game. That's really the only time. If not, you're going to have man on man blocks and you're going to slide like a help guy to the side that's more strong of a pass rush. Yeah. So that's not something that was even a part of the offense of Virginia when I was there. So my strength of being able to like scramble and even just run like north and south to get six or seven yards, it's taken away when those gaps are covered. So a lot of like my big play scrambling came from me going out the back door mm-hmm. and losing ground and having to throw instead of being able to knife up and down and run. So that's that's kind of like the I don't it's not science but like the X's and O's behind like having a certain skill set and being able to use it in that offense. So so essentially when when we go for wise as that's man on man. So yeah, if you. So when you have when you have four receivers split out or like three receivers and a tight end and it's a two by two set or three by one set mm-hmm. with a tight end always on the passing strength, then the defense has to respect the field differently. Yeah. At Virginia, like a lot of the times when the tight end is on the side by himself and there's three receivers opposite, it's a huge indicator that it's going to be seven man pro because you don't really release him in routes or concepts that relate to the running back. Mm. So 
it's a huge teller for the DB's backside that, okay, instead of having to respect the tight end to go vertical, he can now push his responsibility more towards the middle of the field, which then moves the safety over towards the other side of the field, yeah. and everything just gets closer. Yeah. So that's – it's just a tendency that kind of – it's it's something they've been doing for a while since I've been there, and I think that's kind of – it puts a handcuff a little bit on the quarterback. No, that makes perfect sense, man. I mean, that paints the picture for the fans. And, you know, you actually just demonstrate that when defensive coordinators break down our film, the, the tight end can be an indicator. Or even yeah. when, when they off as a like a offset, like H-back, you can kind of always yeah. tell when he's – I think that's what messed up Notre Dame that first half because we were re- releasing our tight ends. And even yeah. when you were here, when we released our tight ends, they were open. Great plays. Yeah, yep, great plays. <laughs> Evan Butts, like, he'd get you six yards and carry him for ten. Yep. Exactly right. And Cowley was getting five and six yards a pop. He's doing he's doing a great job. Like he's doing a really, really good job. And he's Cowley's been a good tight end since I was there. Yeah. We just you really didn't use him that much because of Evan. But I mean those guys, they can play and he showed that he can catch on the run and see two split two and knife outfield and get yards after contact. Um and I think that when you're putting him backside by himself and he's blocking that that just it makes it tough for everybody. Mm-hmm. It definitely makes it tough. But if it's if it's working and you're playing against a team that you can kind of manhandle it up front, then Bryce will have a lot of time, but if you know that you can't control that line of scrimmage, then get people out, give them give them a chance to get the ball out quick cuz those D, those D linemen get tired quick, man. Yeah. And if they know that you're getting the ball out quick, they're going to be a little slower off their jump like it's those guys aren't they're not robots, man. They get tired. So give them a reason to get tired and not rush with everything they have every play. Hey, so I had I got a question for you as a, as a quarterback because I had a theory that I was discussing on Twitter and the guy didn't understand it. So I was telling him that a lot of times the quick game as far as the tempo, like just because you line up quick don't mean you're snapping the ball quick. It's all about just seeing what the defense is doing as far as like if they yeah. check in blue or if they go on vanilla because you got to the ball quick. And then the fact that you're getting the ball out quick and then lining up quick, Mentally, you could take the rush out of a defense because now they're just, trying to, they're just trying to mirror and get their hands up versus pass rushing. <clears throat> yep. So, so your question on that, I guess. So this is this has been a thing. So when I first got to Virginia and was being recruited, um, a lot of it was based on the premise that we were going to be a high-paced offense, like run, snap a lot of plays, throw the ball a lot, um, a lot of no huddle, this and that. Um, and then we went throughout our first season there when we were 2-10, and 10, and we had a lot of struggles both offensively and especially defensively, like as Broncos was installing his system. So we got to the Louisville game that year when we took him down to the wire, yep. and we changed our entire game plan for that week. And we said we're going to go into this week, we're going to huddle for the first time ever like mm-hmm. in, in that offense. So we huddled every single play. We took the snap down to two seconds every play because we didn't want Lamar to have the ball as often as possible. And it worked. We should have won that game. We ended up, we lost it on a, on a late play here or there, but um, we should have essentially won that game. And that game plan worked for that week. And ever since then, we had huddled every play. We had, like, everything about the offense changed that week. And it's still that way. So they huddle every play. They break. They do shifts and motions. But when we were at our best my two years there were when teams hadn't really seen what we had done or when we were in two minute, like mm, no huddle. Yep. And that's something that I think you saw against who was it? ODU when we came back, yep. we got into no huddle. We spread them out because in no huddle, you're not going to run seven man pro. You don't do that. Yep. So they started spreading them out. They were on the ball quick. Like that's Bryce is really good at that. So look at Florida state I, also. Yeah. Florida state, same, same exact thing. So I think that, 
Um, they want to have a certain identity, which I completely get of like imposing your will, like running down the clock, being time management. It'll help the defense, but at the same time, you have to score points to win. So they're going to have to find a balance for that. And like I said, the defenses get a lot more generic, just like you said, when you line up quick and you run quick plays and quick hitters. And it just it slows the game down so much for a quarterback. And that's something that when I was at East Carolina watching Lincoln Riley, how he installed the offense and then he moved to, to um, Oklahoma and they're having so much success. Those guys are on the ball. They're snapping a lot of plays. And in college, they're just they're creating space for their athletes. Mm. So that's what the game is all about in college. And I think, you know, just seeing you on Twitter that I think a lot of fans don't, it's a disconnect that you're not attacking like Bryce as a player or Coach and I. You're never, basically never. just saying schematically this is what we can do because, A, I've been in it. Like, 100%. Firsthand. But then you see flashes. So if I could go back to when you was playing, the Boise State mm-hmm. game. Yep. How explosive y'all was, and LeBron was taking the top off the defense. He, you know, yep. the double move he had that you hit him in stride with. Like, it's been flashes when we Georgia Tech here to make us bowl eligible. That last mm-hmm. drive, you know, like you see flashes for the state this year. Like, yeah, I think what me and you were saying is like we can stay on that level, but exactly. the common theme is it's four threats going down the field. Yep. That's the I can honestly the only time. There's been like maybe three or four plays in my career at Virginia that we hit like mm-hmm. for really good plays when there were only three people out. One was two of them, two of them were at Boise, and those were just kind of those were just once in a lifetime plays, especially the one deep post. Yeah, there was. Um, let me think of what else. There's one against Virginia Tech my junior year that we just they just blew the wheel, but four plays in four years that I can remember and. The risk reward for that, I think you can find those explosive plays in other safe ways for the quarterback. Mm. Um, and man, I just like Bryce has a lot of talent. They have a lot of talent on the team. They have guys around them, and you've seen the flashes. And the consistency is just that's always been the the mark on us for the past four years. So I'm just looking forward to them getting over that hump because I know it's possible. I've been in that locker room. I've been in the meeting rooms. Like it can happen. It's just a subtle shift has to happen, and and it can it can definitely work. So I guess my my last question to you is, and you may not want to answer this, but yeah. we, got, we got any like slip screens to the to the running backs in the playbook? Mm. <laughs> I I can a hundred percent say that when I was there, we did not throw screens to the running back. Man, so they could go, the fans go ahead and scratch that then. Unless unless he's listening to this this interview this week <laughs> and has it in for the next game plan, but. Hey, um, you never know. He might, as much as I mess with him, he might. I might be like, hey, man, listen to this episode right here. And run some perfect. Some, some half. I mean, they they just they're so close, and I think that's the we've been so close for so long to break through, breaking through on these games, and the inconsistencies have always they've been there since I've been there and have left. And I mean, we almost beat Louisville when they were number three or four. We almost beat Miami when they were number two. Like here's another game at top ten. Like. These games are all of the like you're going to lose your games here and there that you shouldn't like. Yeah, like you're going to lose to your random non-ranked teams, the teams that are even with you. But like when you have your opportunities to beat these types of teams, like and you have it, it's right there for the taking. And it's it's just so close. And I just think that there's something they can do to get it over the hump. So we're consistently closer to winning these games by one drive in the fourth quarter instead of fighting from two scores in the fourth quarter. And fans, for the record. My guy, 
Easy Money is not criticizing the program. He's providing his analysis. So he, that I mean, is it. You know how you, look, our fan base are very protective doing games. So man. protective, man. <laughs> and that's that's a great thing, though. That's a great part of the fan base, and that's like part of the reason why I love being in Charlottesville so much. Um, but I just as much as the next person, just they, I want the best for them. I want them to win. I want them to enjoy that because knowing what it's come from that two and ten season and like everybody mm. leaving and all this and that, like. It's exciting to see like what has been built and know that it can only get better. So that's especially the when you've that's seen the, the playbook. part that I'm coming from. And especially when you've <clears> seen yeah. the, play, the playbook, you know the explosive plays that's in each package. You can probably tell by the formation and motion yep. what's coming. So you're 100%. getting excited or you're getting disappointed before we are because you know the scheme. That's why. I, <laughs> I know that's why going. With me, That's why with me, man, when I'm on the sideline watching the game, let me let me like, yo, let me check out Kurt timeline and see what he's been saying. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. All right, because sometimes it eases my mind because I'm like, I know I'm not going crazy, man. Why we keep going to these two back yeah. sets? And, I mean, I get it. Like like you said, we want to establish the run, and most of the time we're using two backs so or we're motioning somebody yeah. into the A-gap. But I would love to see it just stay wide open, four wides, do it yeah. zone reads with just the back end and, and uh, perk because I feel like that puts pressure on the end yeah. and the linebacker. That's, that's the thing is I feel like when we're at this – the point that we're at in this season when we're running the ball – we're trying to bring in a jumbo package to run the ball. Mm. But with the guys that we have, we could go four wide and spread them out and still run the ball with one less of our guy in the mix, essentially making one less of the defense be in the mix. Yeah. And you give now the running back space or you give perk space. And I think that's just, that's a missing mark, but that's an old school philosophy. Like we got to bring in our big guys and we got to be tougher than you and we got to be stronger than you. And I'm just, you're, you're not going to win that battle every single play against a top 10 team who is consistently bringing in these massive dudes, like play to your strength. Yeah. And I think it's a little bit of beating your head against the wall, but it's, I get it. You're, you're trying to, you're trying to assert your dominance, but at the same time, there's a lot of different ways to get four yards on a play. Mm, there and we go. And you, I mean, you ain't always going to run the ball for three yards. You could throw a quick one and get three. I always tell people the short pass the game is extension of the run game. Now that's all it is. You can throw a bubble. You can throw a bubble for five, six yards and, uh, like the philosophy of Virginia is four yards on first down, half of it on second, and convert on third. Mm. So if you're trying to do that, get four yards on first down, however, whatever way you have to, then get half of it on second down, whatever way you have to. Like it doesn't have to be closing your eyes and calling a run play. That's mm. just that's my opinion. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey man, you can't be doing those subliminal. <laughs> It's not just it's it's any single offense coordinator though. Like if you're calling your run play, you have an idea of what they're going to run, but you don't know because rundowns the defense they're going to do what they want to do. Yeah, that's a fact. So first and ten, you don't you don't always know what the defense is going to do, but they're more predictable on third downs depending on medium, short, or long. Mm. So Dang, that's man. that's it. You dropping facts so right now. <laughs> that's the zone run scheme for you. That's that's the that's the coach Kurt right there, Coach Kurt Ben One Kurt. Day. Came on the One show day. and just uh, dropped the mic on you boys and gals out here. Hey, man, Kurt, man, before I let you leave, man, uh, let the yeah. people know where they can find you on social media and also what you do outside of, of rehabbing. You know, you, everybody knows you had the injury. We hope you do yeah. well, but you're a professional in another realm as well. So go ahead and give them all that information while you're here. Yeah, all the socials, man, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I stream on Twitch, play some Fortnite, Call of Duty, Madden, all that good stuff, but it's just my first and last name. K-U-R-T-B-E-N-K-E-R-T. But I've been uh, 
really working on this this Twitch and like Fortnite thing outside of football ever since this past season ended. Um, and it's been pretty good. I was able to play in the Celebrity Pro-Am in, I think it was in California. Yeah, it was in California. And I was able to make 20000 for um, a deaf charity. So it's nice. been it's been a cool extension of like on the field, mixing with off the field stuff just to kind of raise awareness for some things and, and build a community and show people that there's more to life than us just playing football. So that's been my goal in it all. Definitely. And you got merch as well, right? Yeah, um, actually just about to ship out the second round, but um, we'll see if, if I can get another round in, and uh, I'll be posting it on my Instagram story okay. and all that stuff, so people can stay in contact that way. Hey, man, y'all make sure y'all holler my man, Easy Money, and he also is a representative of the Shut the Hell Up Juice movement. <laughs> I love it. He's he been love down it. since day one, since, since we first met three years ago, so that's my guy. Hey, man, I definitely appreciate you taking time out your day at the rehab and before you... Get on your pro gaming tip, man, and um, <laughs> chop it up with the Wahoo fans, man. No doubt, man. I'm glad to be here and looking forward to seeing many more wins. I want the whole world spin my record. Shero, the hoodie styles, check game, stay free records. Ho! Shorty girl, fit the death in a massaging. Bad news, even be massaging. I got a fitted hip. I be massaging. Pinky rings on my finger, I'm massaging. I got a speedboat constant cause I massage. I coming through about a whole kind of large. I be massaging, I be massaged. I'm coming through with catalytes and massaging. Yeah, both subconsciously massaging. I got GPS, I be massaging. I catch croaker fish cause I'm massaging. I like a macaroni plate, I be massaging. Even oodles and noodles, I be massaging. Put out the ghetto. Cause I'm massaging I got ice around my neck Cause I'm massaging Or even gold teeth I'm massaging Or pinky ring iced out Cause I'm massaging I got a hundred million dollars I be massaging I got ten dollars I be massaging I got a thousand dollars I be massaging I got twenty-two cents And be massaging I took a penny And be massaging I said shorty girl fat I be massaging Your big two I be massaging, I be massaging, I be massaging. I got a GPS stern with massaging. Whole shit road chain be massaging. I got a Uzi, I be massaging. I got a 12 gauge pump, I massage. I got a hundred thousand, I massage. Ain't broke, I be massaging. I stay paid, I be massaging. I stay late, I be massaging. I hit the pool all night cause I'm massaging. You wanna come through loaded and massage. Whole team, we massage. Bad new posse constantly massage. Ain't no joke, I be massaging. Even the bacon and eggs, I be massaging. Huh? Polo shirts, Chateau Adidas, I be massaging. I love you, sweetie cake. Spin my record, let me give you the game. Oh, how to get rich. Take a penny, and flip a penny, then 40 billion. Uh-huh. Why I be massaging? What car steering wheel? I be massaging the whole, the whole label of the state free records in the VA. Oh, we be massaging. Let's have a money shot. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.